We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence. We shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler. And I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently, we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview, and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Let's pray. Avinu Malkinu, our Father and our King, we declare our love to you once again as we come to you this morning and we sing your praises. We worship you. And I pray that all who go to a church this morning will be filled with the love of Messiah. I pray that all who stay home today will be filled with the love of Messiah. I pray for those who are listening to my voice this morning will be filled with the love of Messiah. Lord, I pray, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, for you are my rock and my redeemer. In the name of Yeshua, I pray this. Amen and amen. Well, that's an apt prayer, right? For what our discussion is. This is the third week we're talking about the power of our words and acknowledge the importance of our words to God. And so I prayed, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. See, these two things, the 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 heart and the mouth are so critical. Well, uh, just as a reminder of God's viewpoint, let's read a few verses on how God's views, how how He views our words, and then we will um, we will look into some practicalities today. Okay. And so we'll start with James one twenty six. If anyone thinks he's religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is futile. Ooh, that's strong, isn't it? First Peter three ten and eleven. For the one who loves life, wanting to see good days, must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. 
He must seek shalom or peace and pursue it. Psalm 34, 13 and 14. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Or how about 1 Timothy 1, 4 and 5. These give rise to useless speculations rather than God's training, which is in faithfulness. Now the goal of this command is love from a pure heart and a clear conscience and of genuine faith. Colossians 4, 4 through 6, Pray that I may make the mystery clear as I ought to speak. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, to know how you ought to answer everyone. Proverbs 16, 7, When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And finally, Colossians 4, verse 6, which we, oh, we just read that. Let your speech be always um, with grace seasoned with salt. Okay. So as a practical matter, after hearing these scriptures, now the one thing you might think, and I'm going to challenge you on this, is that when I read a scripture like keep your tongue from evil and deceit from your lips, you might think, well, I don't do that. And I would probably beg to differ with you because none of us are perfect. And I'm saying that that we need to get better in speech. And we're not going to get better unless you own the fact that your speech is not perfect and that you want to do something about it. So as a practical matter and from a biblical outlook, what would I advise you or the President of the United States when it comes to talking about politics and politicians? First, you've got to remember the goal of your speech, and that is to show love. Now, if you can judge the words you say about whichever party you don't like, and you tape yourself and you hear yourself and you say, I have spoken in love. Okay. Well, you've probably passed the first test. When we speak about people, we need to be respectful at all times. Our words should be respectful, our body language respectful, and our facial reactions should be respectful. What does it mean to speak respectfully? Do not use inflammatory words like you always say the following well always is an inflammatory word or you never do the following never is an inflammatory word learn what are the the inflammatory words and try not to say them secondly don't blame people look if it wasn't your fault then just let it lie, but don't blame somebody else. The modern expression is don't throw somebody under the bus. Recently, I had to speak to somebody in very strong terms because they, they needed correction. And I could have said, 
that somebody else said the following, and that's why I'm going to do it. That would be throwing the other person under the bus. The reason that I had to correct the person was because I believed certain things were wrong that they did, and they were very wrong. So I didn't say the people or somebody else. I I just, it was me. I didn't throw anybody under the bus. Don't blame people. Finally, don't use words that are condescending. And you have to learn what those words are. For different people, it might be different. We can say the same thing, and one person can sound condescending, and the other person doesn't. But it is critical that you put up your antennas when you speak to somebody so that when you see you have used a word that caused them to have a reaction, you immediately should say, I'm sorry I used that word, or I'm sorry I said it that way. What I meant was this. Okay, most people don't care to be this careful in their speech. That's, you know, I think that's obvious. They feel the most important thing is that the other person needs to hear the truth. I don't see that in Scripture. I'm sorry. I just don't see it in Scripture. What I see in Scripture is to show love at all times. If you want to see other people change, we must be an example of that change. So, for instance, if you are upset about the way President Trump tweets, then the way you criticize him is crucially important. If you are upset about the Democrats and what they're saying, then the way you criticize them is extremely important. Are you part of the rhetoric or have you toned it down so people will be amazed at your self-control when you speak about people that obviously make you very uncomfortable because of either what they've said or their even their political stance? Some of you are probably still thinking, look, my speech, it's not that bad. Okay, not that bad means it's also not that good, (laughs) right? I mean, if you can say it's not that bad, then it's not that good. And so I have two thoughts on this. Number one, why don't you video or audio tape your next conversation with your spouse, your child, or a person in business, and then listen and evaluate it? Most people won't do that. They, they, that takes too much time, too much effort, and I'm not that bad. <laughs> so we've grown so comfortable with ourselves and how we do things. Or we've grown comfortable with our problems and have rationalized that they're not that bad. Most of you hurt for the president when he sends out a tweet that speaks derogatory about somebody else. But if you were on TV day and night, what would people be saying about 
the way you speak your words. So at this point, I've tried to make a case for the problem. I've done this over the past three weeks. I've given you all sorts of scriptures, and it's it's pervasive throughout our country, and the rhetoric has gotten so bad that many of us, and you might feel this way too, indirectly, it's responsible for physical violence. So how do we change? Assuming you want to lead the words revolution, <laughs> you know what the word revolution is? It models and demonstrates to other words that are kind and loving without sounding like we're a wimp or without sounding like the fact that we don't have opinions. But whatever we say, we say it in love with respect, kind. Matthew fifteen eighteen says, But the things that proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and those things make the man unholy. Interesting that I believe the solution is to use words to change your heart. <laughs> so not only do the your heart declare your words, but now we're going to turn it around and we're going to use words to change our heart. Okay? To become holy before the Lord. It's based on a couple scriptures, certainly many scriptures, but I'll give you two of them. Psalm 119.9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I've sought you. Let me not stray from your good, uh, from your blessings. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. And Isaiah 55, 11 says, My word which will go forth out of my mouth, it will not return to me in vain or void but will accomplish what I intend and will succeed in what I've sent it for. So we see that this is how God feels about his word. And these and other verses lay the foundation of one of my fundamental teachings. What I'm going to share with you, I've shared before on this radio station, I do it almost once every, at least once every six months. And what I'm sharing to you is how to change, how to overcome bad habits. When God showed me this years and years ago, I embraced it and thought I was the only one who felt this way. Later on, I got an incredible book that I recommend to you that embraced my feelings on this subject with a great title written by Ken Boa. It's called Face to Face, and the subtitle is Praying the Scriptures for intimate worship. Praying the scripture the way God has shown me is more than reading it, studying it, or even memorizing it. It is praying it so that we... Look, let me give you two practical ways of doing this. You could either use this book that I'm recommending, or you could just find the scripture that speaks to your heart. Praying scripture is getting God's word so deep in our heart that it forces out the words of the world that have lodged in there from our experiences and from, from, from the people around us. 
So the first prayer in this book says the following, and the heading is Submitting to God. And the purpose right under that says, I submit myself and my life to you, O God. Okay. And it's based on Romans 12, 1 and 2. If you have a Bible, turn to it. You'll see what changes he made in the scripture in order for him to successfully pray the scripture. Now, I'm going to read it to you as a prayer, and then we're going to take it apart as how I would do it. So it says this, In view of your mercy, O God, may I present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you, which is my reasonable service. May I not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind that I may prove that your will is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, certainly reading this is a wonderful thing, and I suggest that you get his book and you read it, and each day you read a few of the, his prayers from Scripture. I mean, these are right from Scripture. It's, it's like reading Scripture, but it's personalized. Now, I believe that alone will bring changes in your heart and in your life. However, what God showed me to do is to take a scripture like that, and we're going to take that one, and dissect the words, dissect them, that I, that I say by creating pictures in my mind and use what I would call like emotional devices to get God's word into my heart. So the purpose of praying scripture is to get God's word into my heart. Now you have to understand there are walls around my heart. (laughs) Are there walls around your heart? There are walls around my heart. So it's not easy to get these words in there. So let's take a look at this scripture again from Romans 12, 1 and 2. And this is how I would pray it. In view of your mercy, mercy, Lord, your mercy, your mercy is so great. I love your mercy. It means that you are willing to cut me a break even when I don't deserve it. Your mercy is everlasting. Your mercy shows your love. Lord, let me show mercy as well. Lord, in view of your mercy, O God, Lord, may I use you, Lord, as the model for mercy in my life. Because, okay, in in view of your mercy, O God, may I present my body as a living sacrifice. Lord, I know that if I'm going to be a living sacrifice, I will never be a victim. I know, Lord, that if I present to you my body as a living sacrifice, it will be holy and pleasing to you if I can really do this correctly. And this is my reasonable service. I mean, this is not a big deal. This should be reasonable to me. 
and it should be service to you, O Lord. That is my heart, that I want to serve you that way. May I not be conformed to the pattern of this world. O Lord, may that be my daily prayer. Lord, uh, the there are patterns that have been placed in the in my heart by the world and i want them out now in the name of yeshua may i not be conformed to these patterns of this world i i don't want the world in me i don't want to be thinking fleshly i don't want uh, flesh in my life i want what i want is to be transformed lord transform me, change me by the renewing of my mind. Lord, get my mind and heart on your in, in your way, not in my way. Lord, that's the flesh. Transform me, renew my mind, renew my heart. Lord, change it, uh, make it clean again. Make it as if I didn't have the world speaking into my heart every day and and telling me what's right and and it really is wrong. I want to receive from you every day, Lord. Transform me, transform my mind that I may prove. Lord, when when people see me, I want them to see that your will that what you do, Lord, is good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect. So, Father, change my heart in this way. Okay. So now you get a sense of how I would pray that scripture. So I'm trying to make it not only personal, but I'm trying to enlarge it in my mind, in my spirit, in my heart. When I'm finished with this, I, I am pumped up because I'm feeling uh, God's spirit just like applauding <laughs> as I use his word to drive out the, I mean, to drive out the garbage in my heart, to drive out the garbage in my life, to drive out the garbage in my thinking, to drive it out by the word of God, which is planted and secure in my spirit because I am uh, intensely and purposefully bringing it into my mind and my heart and my spirit. Are Are you getting what I'm saying? So I would suggest that you do something similar. And, you know, in Ken Boa's book, he... He has three months of prayers, uh, and, and the way I go through it so slowly, it's actually six months of prayers. But, um, you know, this, it, the next one, the, the heading for it is adoration and thanksgiving. And the purpose is for who you are and for what you've done. Accept my praise, O Lord. Let me read it to you quickly. I will exalt you, my God and King. I will bless your name forever and ever. 
Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great are you, Lord, and most worthy of praise. Your greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wonderful works, and many shall speak of the might of your awesome works, and I'll proclaim your great deeds. This this is the kind of thing that gets you pumped up about the Lord. So this is from Psalm 145, 1 through 9. Look, we all need God's encouragement. We're all going through some difficult things. Praying God's word gives us a path to overcome the difficulties of the world and the difficulties of our own bad habits caused within us. So uh, I just pray right now that the power of God's words and his spirit saturate you this day as you grow in your desire to have a heart like a, the heart of Messiah. Let's pray. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. Lion of Judah, the God of Israel.